Generations Church exists to glorify God in our community, to make disciples of Jesus, and to multiply churches so that the next generation is equipped to glorify God better than we did. Welcome back to the Generations Church podcast. My name is Jeff Ludington. I'm the lead pastor at Generations Church, and we are doing some fun podcast interviews in between series of podcasts as we just finished a year-long series through the Heidelberg Catechism that you can go back and listen to. I just thought it'd be fun to spend some time with some friends and talk to some people that are in ministry about what they're doing and and some interesting things you might like to hear. And so today I've got a good friend with me, actually one of my dearest friends, uh, Mike Larson. Pastor Mike is here. He is the lead pastor at Encounter Church and, uh, and a good friend of mine. And so Mike, welcome. Thanks, man. Appreciate you having me here. Yeah, I'm finally, I finally made the podcast. This is like uh, awesome. I should have should have had you sooner. Yeah. Hey, man, I would just love it for some people listening uh, are going to know you or if they're from uh, generations, maybe they've even had you, you know, have been there when you've preached or done this or that. Um, But not everybody knows you like I do. And so if you would, man, just introduce people to yourselves. What is it you would want them to know about you? Yeah, so I spent the 90s uh, uh, pretty much on the streets, addicted to drugs, um, Got uh, went to jail in 1998 and decided to get my life straight. 2001, I uh, was introduced to Jesus and the church and uh, came to faith. Um, I was uh, dating my now wife at that time. We ended up getting married in 2003. We have... Um, we have uh, children from other marriages, and um, and so the dynamics of that was uh, always fun. But um, yeah, yeah, and uh, and then uh, I met you guys uh, through some mutual friends through a motorcycle ministry that we are part of, um, and uh, started coming to your church. I believe in like uh, what was it, two thousand six, and um, yeah, it's like so it's been a minute and. Um, Really, I think that's the church I've really uh, met Jesus, and um, I, I even claimed that I probably came to faith in that church. And so, even going to church uh, from 2001 to 2006, I really didn't have a relationship with Jesus, and um, nor saw my need for Him. I did have a pretty powerful testimony about Jesus, and so that I was riding on the coattails of that testimony for. Um, for a long time and then was really burning out. And, uh, before I came to, uh, Oasis at the time and, uh, that you were leading and, um, you gave me some really good advice and you were like, just sit down and connect yeah. with Jesus. And, um, and so I did that for a few months, I think, uh, before you asked me if I wanted to pursue, um, I think eldership in the church is what it started out as. And then, mm-hmm. um, and that led to uh, commission pastoring uh, uh, through our denomination that we're a part of. And, um, and so I commissioned in 2009 uh, with, the, uh, with our denomination and became a pastor at Oasis and then uh, went full-time at Oasis in 2012. Um, quit my job of <laughs> making quite a, quite a good income and just took a step of faith um, and took a job for $38,000 a year, which was a huge <laughs> step of faith, um, to follow the calling that God had upon my life. And then fast forward two years from that, um, God called me here to Bellflower to uh, replant uh, 
a church uh, that has been here since 1936, but they were just dying a slow death. And you were part of that uh, transition as well, uh, bringing me here. So, um, so 2014 to now, um, the church is doing well. It's uh, thriving. I think we've had um, almost over 60 baptisms since 2014, and that's oh, just that's incredible. Um, we're grateful for that. We're um, uh, obviously COVID has put some breaks on a lot of things, but uh, 2016, I wrote my first book, and um, and uh, 2018, I, I did a revision of that book. Um, and then I've written two books in COVID land. So, um, and that's kind of where I'm at now. Yeah. Um, so, well, let me back up. I, I mean, you said something, um, and we didn't plan this. I mean, this is something we talked about, but I heard something really interesting and I just want to ask you about it. And so, um, I, I understand it not from this conversation, just because we've had countless conversations, but you said you came to faith in whatever it was, 2001, 2003, whatever. It was, I, I think you said 2001. And then, and then you said it was while you're at Oasis uh, that you really met Jesus. And so if you would, man, for people listening, I think that's an important distinction. I, I, when I met you, you were already in leadership. You were already all kinds of things going on. Uh, but you really kind of used the language of something significant shifting at Oasis when, when we were both at Oasis. And can you kind of parse that out for me? Like what was the difference between coming to faith and really meeting Jesus that people might understand, or maybe they're struggling with that? Yeah. So I had this testimony and it gave me opportunity to go all over the West to, to share it. And, um, and I was, it's about a Bible that I was given a Gideon Bible that I was given um, I prayed for a Bible and, and 30 minutes later, God gave me like, bless me with this man, like out of, out of yeah. the blue and gave me this Bible. Right. And so I had this really exciting testimony about this Bible and I, I was invited to this church. So I was part of this church and, and that, that testimony afforded me all kinds of stages and platforms and, and things like that. And then the last platform was at a conference in Palm Springs where I was sharing the stage with a pretty prominent pastor. If I'd said his name, everybody would know it. Hmm. Um, and I was sitting at his table and his, his sermon was obviously they were encouraging Gideons to continue to share the word of God because, uh, and then he was making the connection that Jesus was the word and the word was, with, was God. And, and he made that connection. And so when we're sharing, when we're giving Bibles away, we're giving Jesus away. Right. And so, hmm. Um, and I left there, he, he had this, I left there with a conviction that, you know, I had this experience with this Bible, but I didn't know Jesus. Hmm. And so I went back to that church and I just started reading, I just started reading my Bible and, um, and God bless the church. It just theologically and doctrinally, it was, it was way off. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so I started asking questions and, about Jesus. I started asking questions about sin and, um, and, and our, our walk and how that should be. And we, we just weren't lining up. And so we ended up uh, leaving that church when we were going to head down to a church down Ranch Cucamonga, which is about an hour away from where we lived because it's the only other church I knew. Right. And, and then God intercepted us and we went to your church. Hmm. And I had a list of things I just really wanted to hear from the pulpit being teached. And man, it was, it was just 
check checking the boxes every single time you you were you were teaching and i came to the conviction of really for the first time that that i was a sinner and i needed grace and jesus was the source of that grace and forgiveness and and reconciliation and redemption and all of those words that i've never heard before in kind of a pentecostal church and so right, right. um that's that was the context which i left um and then I came into a doctrinally heavy church that taught well. And boy, I was convicted of my sin for the first time ever. Mm. I was convicted of my need for Jesus the first time ever. I was convicted of my, my, my weaknesses and, and, my, and, my, and my need for him. And, um, and boy, that really started uh, a very dependent relationship with Jesus for the first time ever. And so... Mm. I don't know if I was dating over in this church or, or, uh, and then we got married at Oasis, me and Jesus, but, um, you know, uh, I, I, so I I don't know what it was, but, um, I can surely appreciate sound doctrine and theology, uh, which, um, because it led me to Christ. Hmm, It led me to a deeper understanding of who he was. I had this weird charismatic faith experience, but um, you kind of filled in those gaps for us with theology and doctrine and started answering those questions that I was having for the, that other uh, pastor. And so that's really cool. And so, I, I, yeah, here's what I heard, man, I think is super important. Um, you had a story where God had revealed himself to you. And it was through it was through that man that gave you that Gideon Bible and knowing the story. I mean, it was powerful. It's a powerful story. Like yeah. I, and I've heard it countless times and, and I'm, I'm never, uh, not impacted by it, you know? So, um, so there's this powerful story and that story offered you a platform. Um, but the story, the experience, it's kind of where your faith had been. Right. And then mm-hmm. you really, I like that. I don't know if it was dating Jesus. Then we kind of, when we started going to Oasis, got married, but yeah, there was a, there was a commitment level that, that changed there. And I think that's a, a great way to explain it. And I think that's probably something that many Christians experience. And um, I want to say it's, I'm not sure which author, but anyhow, there's this one author that talks about uh, multiple conversions. I'm pretty, I, it's, um, oh my gosh, it's on the top of my, into my tongue. Anyhow, Pete Scazzaro writes about having multiple conversions. And that's what he talks about is having this kind of a first moment, then a later moment. And these times where there's really like a lot of growth spurts where you really change your faith. And I think that's what you're describing there. Is that accurate? Yeah, you know, when the Bible says that one plants a seed and polis waters and but God brings the harvest, I think that yeah. is my story. That's that cool. is my story. And you know, from the time that that man gave me a Bible, which was just a seed, and then sitting at um underneath your teaching, just being watered and and watching God change my life. I mean, hmm. there was no real true repentance or or real walk with Jesus or real obedience until um until I, I I went to Oasis. I mean, there was no real conviction of doing, you know, living and being uh, Christ-like and uh, serving him and sacrificing for him. This is before that it was really all about me because I've really loved the stage. It was great. You know, it was like <laughs> these dudes were paying me money and traveling to me all over the place. And, yeah. and it was fantastic. And I'm just like, wow, this is really great. And, but you just saw how the God was working. Um, and through that one pastor, it started there. He's just like, that's cool. Um, and I, and that pastor actually told me, he said, you know, 
he was the one that said, you have a, it sounds like you have a Jesus story, but you don't know Jesus. And that's wow. what left me pretty convicted. Wow. That's mm-hmm. cool. Thanks for sharing that, man. Um, yeah. So let's shift over, man. You, um, you have written now, is it three books? I've got, yeah, I've got uh, two that are published and one that's in the oven waiting okay. for uh, a publisher. So, all right, well, let's start with, um, let's start with the first book. So you, um, so yeah, why don't you tell us about that? I know there's been two revisions or there's been that book and then a revision of it. Why don't you tell yeah. us about that book? Yeah. So in 2016, we decided to do a sermon series called That is a Great Question. We kind of stole the idea from R.C. Sproul's. uh, But we solicited the questions from our congregation with an attempt to to inform them so that they can be uh, relevant to their unbelieving neighbor. And um, And so we solicited the congregation uh, for the questions, and we got about 70 or 80 questions. Uh, we compiled them up and took the top 12, and we did a summer series. Um, the, the two questions that we answered, what does God say about homosexuality, and what does God say about alcohol, what does the Bible say about alcohol, um, really took off. And, um, and those were really... Uh, yeah, and so we were approached by a publisher, and um, they thought they asked if we were we would be interested in bringing those sermon series to a book, and so um, talked it over with our elders, and uh, yeah, and then so we did it, and um, so in two thousand six fifteen that or two thousand sixteen um, we did the series, and then um, my elders gave me the first quarter of 2017 off to write. And, um, it took a little bit longer than that because I wasn't a writer at the time. And, um, my editor would, uh, attest to that, (laughs) uh, boy. And so he, um, uh, with a lot of work, we finally published that, I believe in September of 2018 or 2017. And, um, and, and yeah, and, um, it's a book about just really answering questions from, um, you know, why, why do bad things happen? Well, right. What does the Bible say about dinosaurs? What does the Bible say about homosexuality? What does the Bible say about alcohol? Um, and then we decided to, um, to do the series every other year during the right. summer. And so uh, we did one uh, last uh, uh, this year, 2020. We also did one in 2018. In 2018, uh, we were experiencing as a culture uh, many, many suicides. It was like right. almost becoming trendy. And so we answered that one, and it, it gained so much traction, too, that um, the elders were like, hey, we need to put this in a uh, – we need to put this in a book. We need to write another book. Right. I'm like, I don't really want to write another book. Maybe we could revise it. Uh, there was also all the Parkland shootings, all the school shootings that were going on, and it was just all the mass shootings. Uh, so we, we, we added two more questions and that was, was the Bible say about suicide? Um, is suicide a, the unforgivable sin? And then, um, and then, uh, where is God in tragedies like these right. things? And then, and then I also, uh, included, uh, in the last chapter, a full version of my testimony that we've oh, been talking cool. about kind of, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I actually can see them right over my shoulder and, uh, I've, uh, there's a, a shelf with your books and there's a shelf with mine right below it. And so, uh, that's cause yours is, yours is one notch better than mine, I think. So, 
Um, so we, uh, yeah, we did. So we both published our first book in the, in the same year. I was about five months, I think, ahead of you. Um, and uh, we shared everything from an editor to a publishing company, but, um, you have continued on and you just said something interesting, um, that it took you a long time because you weren't a writer at that time. And so, but now fast forward, you've done a, I don't know if you want to call it a booklet on evangelism, but I mean, you've written a second book, you've written a smaller booklet, kind of a, a, uh, a smaller version of that. Uh, You've gone on now. So it sounds like you would now call yourself a writer. And I, and to be fair, if you write, you're a writer. I mean, you know, what, whatever. For yeah, whatever, you're either a good one or a bad one. <laughs> sure, but you're a writer, right? <laughs> or somewhere so, in between. <laughs> yeah, or somewhere or in between. On the growth spectrum, right? So yeah. most people listening to this have never written a book, right? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's most people in the world will never write a book. And so um, not only do we share a unique experience, but to say, well, this took a long time because I wasn't a writer, but with the inference of now you are, what changed? I mean, like, why, why would you say that about then? And then what's different now other than you're right. I mean, that's obvious, but I mean, what's changed? Really? It's been, uh, how the people have responded to it. It's, um, that was, that was contagious. Um, and I mean, I, had, uh, I had people from all over the world. And so the, you know, reading this book, it was so strange and, and I'm a nobody. I'm just a small town guy. Right. And so, but I had, I was helping so many people with that platform as whereas a sermon is good for a Sunday. It might be good after that on the video or whatever, but this is something that we can put in the hands of people and that they could share and things like that. And so, um, and then coupled with that was just this, this, uh, this fervor for writing. I mean, I kind of caught the bug. I mean, it was just really cool to start writing. And so I started journaling a lot and not with the intent to write a book, but, but I was just journaling and I journal in first person. And so I'll start reading, um, scripture and then, um, and then I'll start writing in my journal and how this really applies to me and, and what God's really convicted me about and all these things. And, and so, um, that ended up, uh, is what started uh, the faith in action with, which I just published uh, uh, a st- uh, just a journaling through the book of James. And, um, and so, uh, yeah. And so that's, I've been writing with pencil <laughs> and, sure. and pen uh, after that. And it's just been really refreshing. It's really good to, a way to express myself um, and really wrestle with Jesus a lot, you know, and, and to flesh out my relationship with Jesus has been really cool in writing. And so, um, that's been really fun. The booklet, um, practical evangelism was uh, something that we created at Oasis. Uh, um, it, it started as a, as a outreach project called project Nehemiah. And, um, and then, and then it morphed into that. And so here at Oasis or here at encounter evangelism was not on the map really at all. Um, uh, outreach was really mercy ministries. Um, but really reaching your people for Christ was not there as much as it should have been. And so I wanted, and, and evangelism was kind of a scary word for them. Sure. So, um, they, they, you know, they, they brought the evangelists in once a year to, right, to right. evangelize, you know, and, and so I'm trying to make it practical for them so that 
they can they can feel like they're equipped to do it as well. And so this little booklet was just about that and uh, practical ways of sharing your faith, uh, developing relational equity with people, and then ultimately with the ultimate goal of sharing your faith of Jesus and seeing people come come to faith in the Lord. Um, so yeah, man. I mean, so back to your first question, I just caught the bug and I love the way God is using it for people. That's really cool. And, uh, I will say this and I want to, I want to explain it so that somebody listening doesn't get the wrong idea. Um, I would say by far you're, you're such an evangelist and we, because I've known you since you started preaching and, and, you know, developed your preaching voice and become a lead pastor. I've, I've known you through all those different settings um, I re- I've seen you kind of press into that and, and press into other things. And I remember one day just talking to you. It was, we were both up at Oasis, but I had already, I'd already left. And I don't remember what I was doing back up there. But anyhow, I remember hearing a message just and, and talking to you about how naturally evangelistic you are in any setting. And um, <clears> I think you've joked about like your first message at, at Oasis while I was still a pastor there was like some verse that was related to what we were talking about. And then you just shared the gospel, you know, <laughs> you were just over here sharing Jesus. And, and that's really your heart is to share the gospel with people. But you have really developed how to do that as a pastor. And you haven't lost your evangelism, your, 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 your love for reaching lost people. Um, and now you've brought that into writing. And I, I find that to be really powerful that you have found not only an outlet for yourself, but an outlet for your giftedness that goes beyond you know, the, the community that you do pastor. Uh, so I think it's super powerful, man. I really cool. do. Thank you. Yeah. So I, um, I will, by the way, if you're listening, man, I'm going to post links to, to all of Mike's, uh, books. We'll post Amazon links in the show notes here. So if you're driving and listening or you don't have to remember anything, we'll post the notes. You can check those out when you get home. Um, and I will, I, I think, um, what you have done well that I have not done, I'm sure there's a thousand things, but I mean, one thing you've done really well, um, that I have not done. And it was advice that I was given is actually Casey from lucid, uh, from, from our publisher. Uh, he told me that he carves out time. I think it's every morning to, what the time of day doesn't really matter, but every day, like he sits down and he writes for an hour or something mm-hmm. like that. Anyhow. So he does this every morning. He gets up, he does this, he gets it out of the way. And then he goes on to do the rest of the things he does. He pastors a church. He oversees a publishing company, blah, blah, blah. Okay. So he does that. And he talked about this habitual writing, just this practice of writing. And you took yours to journaling and yeah. then had that. And I, I think the thing that I have not done um, is keep that as a practice of writing. And so for anybody who's listening, uh, if that's something interesting to you, I would say, Take that advice that I didn't, that Mike did, uh, and, and do that. Begin to just write a little bit every day and, and write, like you said, in the first person and just make it personal, make it yours. And then you can always take that and, and make it whatever it's supposed to be, you know, and, and take those things that God has given you and you can give them away, whether that means you become a blogger or a book writer or anything else, man. Uh, having that authorship starts with little pieces. Yeah. And I think it's just, for me, like, again, I didn't sit out to journal to, to write books, but um, that journaling uh, was so kind of, gosh, it was, it was the Lord, how he, he used the scalpel with me, you know, through his word and just started moving me and, and change me. Um, and then what I ended up doing is we ended up preaching through the book of James. And I was like, can it, and I, I, was asking almost permission from the elders like can i can i share my journal notes 
<laughs> you know, with the congregation, like, because I want them to know that, you know, I haven't arrived at this place as, as a preacher or a teacher. Um, I'm, I'm also struggling with these things too. And so, so when James says, count it all joy brothers, when you, you know, go through various trials, you know, right. and so my, my journal entry was this, it says, Jesus, my first response to trials is not joy. Right. The truth is I typically only ask for my trials to be removed or fixed. But Jesus, you allow various trials in my life because you want my faith in you to be strong, steadfast, and unwavering. You, you are the Lord over every trial. Help me remember that when I face various trials, big or small, to know they are opportunities to rejoice because I can trust in you. Hmm. In my trials, you want me to become more like Jesus. <clears throat> and, and so that was just a journal entry. And I can't tell you the impact it had on the church. Hmm. It was incredible. And so they were just like, how, how vulnerable and how honest you are. And I felt the same way. And, and, and I'm like, yeah, this is why God speaks to us this way. <laughs> right. Exactly. You know? And so, yeah, so it's been, it was, it's been good. And so, um, and that, that's kind of the stuff that's in the book as well. Um, just real honest, you know, conversation. And then it gets deeper into the study of, of, of the book as well. That's really cool, man. I, I, and I commend you. I think vulnerability is missing in a lot of authors. I think uh, a lot of people will give you the right way to do things, but never tell you how they struggle with it. And so um, I admire that, man. I think that's, uh, I think that's beautiful. And just even listening to that journal entry that you just read, um, it is powerful. You know, it is, and it is real. And, and Christians, everyday Christians, um, they can relate to that. And, and people, and in fact, if you're listening and you're not a Christian, you can hear stuff in there that you're like, okay, I don't like trials either, you know, and, and I only, you know, if you, if I ever pray, I only pray to get rid of them. And, and so I think that's super powerful. And I just, man, writing from that transparent, genuine, authentic place, man, is, is exactly why people um, want to read what you have, have written. And so that's what keeps you going back to, uh, that's what people keep going back to. And that's what they love about you. And so, yeah, man, well, I'm going to button it up with that. That was beautiful. And uh, thank you for sharing that. Uh, if you're listening, uh, this is a part of the Generations Church podcast. We've been interviewing friends, people I like doing ministry with, friends of mine that have done interesting things. And this was one of them. And this is, you know, whether it's about writing or, or you heard the gospel or you heard about, uh, you know, a difference between right, kind of having a faith that's removed from you and experiential or, or making it your own and your your repentance, your commitment to Jesus, those those pieces or whatever it was, if you enjoy any of that, man, please come back. We're getting ready to start a new series uh, looking at, and kind of funny, we talked about this earlier, looking at people's questions about the Bible and Christianity and, and answering those things from a biblical perspective. So stay tuned. That'll be coming uh, right around the beginning of the year. Uh, there's a few other interviews and an entire series uh, to go back and listen to. So I hope you enjoy it. If you do, share it with your friends, like it, comment on it, subscribe, and come back and join us again. Uh, thank you for listening today. Uh, it is our pleasure just to be able to talk to you and, and share our love for Jesus with you. God bless you guys. For more information, visit our website at ginfamily.church, G-E-N family.church. You can also follow our social media accounts at ginfamilychurch.